When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. are listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Yeah, yeah. All I got is stress, baby. I can't even find. All I really got is reparations on my mind. I've been sitting waiting. Now I'm looking at the time. I don't want it all. I'm just trying to get what's mine. All I got is stress, baby. I can't even find. All I got is all these reparations on my mind. I've been fucking waiting. Now I'm looking at the time. I don't want it all, I'm just trying to get what's mine Yo, hey yo, I spill what I have to say Still gon' procrastinate Style so ill that you will get your backs today I drown in the trenches, y'all sound so ridiculous And act disturbed like you down with the sickness Now fuck it, get up, they just want clicks to make a quick buck Y'all post on Facebook, talking about they want us shipped up Yeah, fucking microchips, yeah Yeah, that's that cycle shit that I don't like a bit They read memes and then recite it quick They gon' mess around and this COVID shit gon' ignore Night again, that's why I'm certified to beat us just like I'm psycholess. It's dope knife, homie, you might guess. Hey! Hey! <laughs> What's up? What's going on? My name is Dope Knife. I'm Lingo Franca. And we are waiting on reparations. Hurry it up, y'all. So what is what is going on in the world? I mean, obviously. I mean, fucking white men are killing everyone again. Is- are we was did they find no, did they find okay, the person who unfair. did the Colorado thing? I jumped thing? the gun on that. One white guy killed a bunch of Asian people and uh, other people in Atlanta. And I actually do not know the details of the shooting that happened uh, on Monday. Me neither. The one in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard too much about uh, the suspect or anything. It's it's really fucked up that whenever the shit happens, we're kind of waiting to hear what the suspect was before we formulate what our opinion of the whole thing is. Right. It's like what like what pattern does it fit into? Does it fit into the 
lone wolf, uh, you know, an evangelical Christian who with mental health problems who had a bad day, or is it like some scary brown person for whom we should then then uh, close the borders and uh, ban Islam or you know whatever, like depending on whose narrative, like both sides, you know, of the left and right are waiting for it to confirm the pattern that that furthers their agenda. I feel. So we had a, it was 10 people that were killed at the Colorado grocery store. Um, I mean, you know, it's again, just going back to what you were just saying, it's like, depending on what the, what the details of the suspect are, it's like, depending on your political, your political persuasion, you have a opinion of the whole incident. But at the end of the day, it's fucking, that's 18 people in like a week. Yeah just gone over some stupid shit in the common denominator at the end of the day regardless of what the motivation is is like you know there's more guns than people in the country yeah and you know something that i wanted to talk on this topic about briefly before we get into the meat of today's episode is um pushback from the left about the rights uh quick seizure of the narrative of mental illness and the importance of mental health in scenarios like these and folks saying that oh you know to to claim that these are you know these are that mental health is to blame and not gun control further stigmatizes mental health but i kind of like like as i come to understand mental health care is also like behavioral health like are you doing are you like do you have healthy coping mechanisms are you doing healthy behaviors are you doing behaviors that hurt you and other people and why and like you know, healthy like connecting people to um, healthcare that supports them in in like healthy behaviors as a part of the of the mental health um, uh, picture. I like I don't really have a problem with it as much. If anything, I think that like we need to destigmatize mental health and and behavioral health and think more like holistically about the ways this influences crime in, in, in myriad um, instances um, you know like if somebody's stealing Slim Jims from a 7-Eleven like they ain't acting right and maybe yeah. there's some systemic and environmental factors like maybe they're hungry maybe they're just acting a fool and like connecting someone with mentorship or a doctor or whoever to talk through like you know, why are you doing fuck shit can prevent all kinds of crime from happening, I believe, as a part of like, you know, like an abolitionist framework of how we stop these things from happening. And I wanted to get your take on, on um, like the whole, like the, the seizure of like the mental health angle for explaining why this happens and like how you feel about it. Yeah, no, I, I really don't like it, honestly. I mean, and it's weird because I agree with everything you just said, but at the same time, I think I'm about to contradict it. You let me know. But um, I don't understand why there's a rush to associate somebody's willingness or ability to kill another person with mental illness. Like, I think <laughs> I think somebody can be completely sound of mind and take a life. OK, yeah, I would disagree. Like, respectfully, like, I feel that I understand. I feel like if you're willing to take a life, you ain't right, man. Like and I'm not and I'm not to say that and I, I want to make clear that I am separating this from like. People who might say like, oh, racism is mental illness or something like that. Like, I mean, I think 
There's a lot of education to be done that is in line with other preventative practices akin to access to mental health care that help, I guess, in a sense, deprogram folks from racist, misogynistic, otherwise hateful um, ideologies that then drive this violence. But at the same time, I was like, if you could, if you can look at another person and just take their fucking life, like without coercion, not like you're in the military or something. I mean, in in the overwhelming majority of circumstances, I would definitely agree. But I just, like you said, I mean, people jump on it so quickly that, for me personally, I, I feel hesitant to just immediately jump into that because like if i don't know if if somebody has like some fully written thought out manifesto before they do some horrible act i don't know i'm not quick to say that oh that person is mentally disturbed because like they had a plan yeah i understand i guess perhaps the way another way to look at it is like therapy is a form of education and like counseling is a form of education. It teaches you about yourself, teaches you how to deal with the world. Mm-hmm. And so like edu- like people also self-educate through YouTube videos about why you should hit Jews or like, uh, as we'll talk about today, like why vaccines aren't real. Exactly. And so like underpinning a lot of this violence is like bad at bad things people learn. <laughs> they learn to hate, they learn to hate people. They learn to hate you know, women or Asian women or Asian people or, or just people. And, um, that can be unlearned as well. And yeah. And so like, I think this is a a longer, you know, a a conversation for a different day. We can delve into more in topic or more in more in depth. And like, I'd love to, you know, if, if anyone listening has readings to recommend around either side of this issue, I would love to read them to become more informed. But just like, my feeling is that, yeah, like you ain't like yeah, pretty much you ain't right if you shave your willing to take a bunch of people's lives without coercion. Yeah. Um and either like a deprogramming of some sort, be it like you need to learn some different shit, or you're you have unhealthy coping mechanisms that could be classified as a mental disorder that you need like medical help with unlearning. Like ultimately that is probably I wouldn't say a quicker way to stop this from happening, but, like, maybe more realistic than taking everybody's guns away. Well, I mean, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not advocating taking anybody's guns, guns away. I don't think anybody who is, like, an advocate of gun control, especially now in a post-Trump era, even, like, the most fucking milquetoast and live yeah, that's hyper- isn't... That's hyperbolic. No one is advocating for taking people's guns away. All, all I'm saying is this, and this is just some, I mean, just keeping it real with you. Like, it should be harder to get a gun than a PlayStation, y'all. And it's not. <laughs> you can get so. a gun. You can get a gun and go kill eight people in the same day. You can't register to vote and vote in the same exactly. day. Like, yo, this shit is just all, it's all backwards. It's completely backwards. I agree. But yeah, let's get, let's get into the what we're gonna or at least uh serve them up what we got going on today this is the second to last episode of season one of the waiting on reparations podcast and we got a good one for you today so the early indications are that the biden administration is humming along with their vaccination program so far they've got 127 million people have been given at least a dose and over 40 million people have been fully vaccinated with the two doses and, you know, they'll be good to go in some weeks and months. 
Um, and this also included close to 3 million people getting a shot in uh, one day, day earlier this month. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's moving along at a quick pace. Uh, earlier this week, the Georgia governor, Brian Kemp, announced that everyone under the age or everyone over the age of 16 will be eligible to get their jab starting today. So Thursday, when you guys are listening to this, uh, the U.S. has ordered, optioned or procured enough doses to immunize every single member of the population more than five times over. And all adults will be eligible for a shot by May 1st. Uh, by invoking the Korean War era Defense Production Act, Biden and Mins have forced the uh, important Johnson and Johnson subcontractor into round the clock operations. So its variety of the vax got bolstered faster. Uh, however, with all that, the scenario has furthered inflamed vaccine debate, perhaps this time more passionate than it's been in the modern times. So today we're going to dig into that debate ourselves. Why do people fear vaccines? How do people, why do people support vaccines? How prevalent is either sentiment in the black community and how has this polarizing subject been dealt with in the world of hip-hop? We got all that and more coming up after the jump. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. So we've seen how COVID has had the power to freeze the world in its tracks. As of now, killing about 2.73 million people worldwide. But let's think about smallpox. It was a disease that existed for 3,000 years and was estimated to have killed 300 million people in the 1900s alone. 
and had a 30% death rate in people who got it. It was truly the scourge of people's entire lives for generations and generations, which is wild to me because we, I feel like we have no collective generational memory or fear of this scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really just feel like people don't understand how, like, before vaccines, infectious diseases, like, fucked your shit up as, yeah, like, I mean, as like- a community disrupting the economy just like devastated devastated populations you know when people here are like are talking about like oh how age expectancy has gone up you know with time so it's like oh back in the day people used to live to be like 30 and shit like that that's not like it's not like motherfuckers just got to be like 30 and then it was like oh my heart's going out it was disease that was taking people lifted off by pterodactyls and dropped (laughs) in a ravine yo smallpox and shit and the thing I wonder is if people's treatment of COVID would be different if it killed one third of the infected today or if MAGA chuds and Wall Street folks would just shrug and insist we reopen Chili's I, I think it's just a matter of how scary it was. I don't think COVID was scary enough to produce the sufficient fear to not get people to do stupid shit. It was for a while. Like, the first two months, two, three months of COVID, like, when we thought it was going to be like that movie Contagion for real, for real, yeah, everybody was scared. Everybody was doing whatever the fuck, you know, medical professionals were suggesting. And then as it was like, okay, it's not going to be that bad that's when the dumb shit started i think yeah i feel like there was a small contingent who like you know who clung to the former president's words like and gargled balls so deeply that they were like oh he says it's not gonna be a big deal you know they were doing rallies like reopen reopen you know Mm -hmm. at state capitals guns and shit we also can't forget that like almost it was like literally the day that it was announced, hey, this COVID shit is affecting Latino and black people disproportionately. Like instantly, oh, we're good. We don't we don't need masks. We're fine. Yeah, no, nah, this is not that big deal. Yeah. So Let's get up. back to smallpox. So smallpox was the first vaccine to be developed against a contagious disease. After British doctor Edward Jenner's experiments with cowpox material showed a way to immunity against the deadly smallpox virus in 1796. As with all of history, there can tend to be a bias slant towards the white dude. But there are actually, you know, a few accounts of the smallpox inoculations in the 1500s. And this was practiced in Africa, China, and India. Since they started doing mass vaccinations of smallpox back in the early 1800s, it was met with opposition for various reasons, ranging from sanitary, religious, scientific, or political. According to VeryWellHealth.com, describing the discourse around vaccines at the time, Pro-inoculators tended to write in the cool and factual tones encouraged by the Royal Society with frequent appeals to reason, modern progress of science, and the courtesy subsisting among gentlemen. Anti-inoculators purposely wrote like demagogues, using heated tones and lurid scare stories to promote paranoia. And the process of the smallpox vaccine itself, too, was... I mean, what it involved was scoring flesh on a child's arm and then inserting the lymph from a blister of a person who had gotten the vaccine a week earlier. So, you know, you hear or maybe you see that shit and naturally, it's, you know, parents aren't really going to be like, oh, that's dope. I can't wait to do that shit, you know, back in the 1800s and shit. And this to me, I think echoes today in my own, at least, 
uh, sense of vaccine hesitancy. I have my own reasons for like, I'm going to wait a little bit, but, um, I am going to get the jab at some point, but as with the smallpox is smallpox vaccines, kind of icky procedure. When I hear about the side effects of the COVID jab, it does make me feel kind of like, Ooh, like I gotta pick a good day to go just in case yeah. I get sick. Some people have like weakness in an, an arm or like they're just laid out for a day, which does make it a little bit harder. Like, I had a friend who was, like, shopping in a Kroger, and they announced over the speaker that they had leftover doses, and that anyone could come in, come get in line and get the jab, and she just, like, walked over to the pharmacy and just got one randomly. And I feel like I couldn't do it so nonchalantly, to be honest. But I feel like this, this, um, this reaction, this public reaction to, like, what the vaccine can do to you, like, in, like, in very real terms, like, you know, knowing what the procedure was for getting smallpox at the time in the 1800s, or like hearing what the side effects are today, it makes me think of um, the recent controversy over MIA coming out as anti-vaccine. I think she tweeted out, if I have to choose the vaccine or chip, I'm gonna choose death. Um, And in response to Twitter backlash, she explained, in America, they made me vaccinate my child before before school admission. It was the hardest thing to not have a choice over this as a mother. I never want to feel that again. He was so sick for three weeks, then docs had to pump him with antibiotics to reduce the fever from the three vaccines. So, like, seeing, like, real side effects that vaccines do have, turning people off to their usage, I think, is, like, a real source of vaccine hesitancy that we can't just brush off as, like, oh, paranoia, or, you know, I guess you can appeal to reason of, like, the larger purpose of, you know, well, it's better you're sick for a couple, of, like for a day, and then you're fucking dead, right? And your family yeah. has to bury you with the money they don't have because fourteen hundred dollars doesn't pay for shit. Um, like you know. So- I mean, I guess my thing is like I don't, I don't hold it against anybody for being scared of the notion of vac- vaccines and vaccinations. I mean, I have like queasiness and worries and fears and the same thoughts that any of those people have too. For me, where it gets over the pale is when, in order to rationalize that, you start coming up with like stupid shit, like microchips in, you know what I mean? Like if, just be scared. Even if like, yo, I don't trust doctors or I don't trust modern medicine or whatever. Like even that to me is a, whether I agree with it or not, it's a, it's an argument that is like based, it's, you know, some, reasoning i can understand you know i I just don't i i don't i don't i think there's tangible things to be worried about that you don't have to stretch yeah i was curious so when we when we hear this description of during the smallpox era of the the types of rhetoric used by pro-inoculators versus anti-inoculators um, how, how have you seen folks on both sides communicate their perspectives? I feel, I feel like impressionistically, I have seen somewhat of the same pattern of like, I've seen a lot of people just like spit in facts. If they're like, I'm going to go get a vaccine and this is the data on why. And like, you know, appeals to reason about, you know, the good of mankind versus like, yeah, kind of like just, you know, uh, demagoguery like scare stories or really more so than that just like dumbass shit that I kind of can't tell if people are joking like when I see people like posting about like yo I ain't getting the microchip like I the, my initial reaction is like oh this nigga playing around it's funny like you know laugh react whatever somebody has to write lol at the end of some shit like that 
in, in 2021, yeah, you got to write LOL at the end of that for me to be like, ah, all right, you joking. You know, <laughs> otherwise, I'm just going to I'm just going to assume because you know, people believe all type of shit now. The, the discourse that I've seen is like a I don't want to say surprising, but just like I think personally, I feel like I've encountered more people that are hesitant to get the vaccine, at least this early. And these are like people who wear their masks all the time and do all the things, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's how they feel. And I, I was, it kind of makes me want to ask you, I hate to answer a question with a question, but do you think that the vaccine would be coming out this soon if people were more, um, if people were following COVID protocol more and longer? Like if, like just imagine if the, the whole political divide on the issue was non-existent and everybody was socially distancing and wearing the mask and taking the whole, taking it seriously, you know, like a life or death issue. Do you think that that would have kind of not made the like immediate urgency to like get the vaccine out at an unprecedented no, early no. time? No, no. I think that like we are a very greedy country even if we had had like fucking six deaths this whole time, we would have still bought up five times the amount of vaccine we needed to inoculate the entire population just because we have the resources to do it and like yeah. we don't give a shit about anybody else. Honestly, is how I feel. I feel you on that. So, gentlemen, back to smallpox once again. In that era, clergy thought that the vaccine was unchristian because it came from animals. Some believed it would make you sick because it contained poisonous chemicals, namely carbolic acid, those found in the vaccine. Just like now, there was a general distrust in medicine, and people weren't totally sold on generous ideas and methods. A section of people believed smallpox had something to do with atmosphere, but mainly, and this will sound familiar, they felt that it was violating their personal liberty. Just like today, government mandates and rollouts only heated up the tension. The Vaccination Act of 1853 ordered mandatory vaccination for infants up to three months old, which would have pissed MIA off a great deal, I imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. The the Anti-Vaccination Society of America started in 1879, and then the New England Anti-Compulsory Vaccination League. Oh, those niggas got a league at the end of their shit. League. And also the Anti-Vaccination League of New York City came shortly after, and they were launching court battles... Um, they were trying to get vaccination laws repealed in several states, including California, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Uh, playwright George Bernard Shaw, who was an adherent proponent of hemo... How do you say that? Of home... Uh, playwright George Bernard Shaw, who was an ardent proponent of homopathy and eugenics, was like one of the main voices in, of the uh, anti-vax movement during the time. Did not know that. As more and more vaccines began to rapidly roll out, um, as the 1900s went on, whooping cough in 1943, polio in 1955, measles in 1963, mumps in 1967, and rubella in 1971, the anti-vaccination movement scaled up as well. So, Can you hear the cat in the background? Do I need to throw him in the closet or something? So, uh, per the history of vaccines.org, anti-vaccination positions and vaccination controversies are not limited to the past. In the mid-1970s, international controversy over the safety 
of the diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis immunization erupted in Europe, Asia, Australia, and North America. In the United Kingdom, opposition resulted in response to a report from the Great Ormond Street Hospital for Sick Children in London, which alleged that 36 children suffered neurological conditions following DTP immunization. Television documentaries and newspaper reports drew public attention to the controversy. An advocacy group, the Association of Parents Against Vaccine Damaged Children. (laughs) Yo, your child is damaged. You got a damaged ass kid. Sorry. Okay. Damn. Damaged. Okay. Also Also peaked public interest in the potential risk and consequences of DTP. Members of the APVDC continued to argue in court for recognition and compensation, but were denied both due to the lack of evidence linking the DTP immunization with harm. Getting even closer, uh, we got 1998, British doctor Andrew Wakefield recommended further investigation to the possible relationship between bowel disease, autism, and the MMR vaccine. And today, we're in the center of the current debate over this COVID vaccine. What are your so just generally? What are your what is your stance on like vaccines just in general? Like, would you describe yourself as pro vaccine? I don't know, vaccine or anti vaccine? I am pro vaccine. I mean, like, I am passively pro vaccine in that, like, I am not like a warrior out here on the social media, like, you know, like screaming about how we all need to go get vaccinated. And we, I mean, we do, but I. I do feel like I like uh, passively accept that if like the CDC says some shit is legit, then it's probably legit. They're very smart doctors and I am not smart, nor am I a doctor. And so um, I understand like, I mean, outside of the logistical concerns about getting it with regards to like getting like recognizing that it can make you sick and trying to like schedule around that with like having a busy work schedule. I myself, like many people, and I think I'm going to get into this a little bit more later, you know, have a constant, you know, take that into consideration with how soon I will get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. But in general, like I trust the science. I get it like, which is like such an interesting phrase because like, it's not like people have read the studies. Like when I hear like, my friend who I've gotten like wasted with at the bar or whatever. So I don't trust the silence. I'm like, you don't fucking know the science. <laughs> I don't know the science. We're just trusting other people who say they trust the science too. Who say they're doctors. And so like, already, like it's like with every bit of information we get, it's like, I'm like yeah. oh, you're a doctor. Yeah, cool. You know, like, and some people just listen to the you know, bad doctors, I guess. Um, but, uh, I trust scientific consensus. I've, I, I feel the same way. With COVID, you know, I I trust the shit. I have, like, anecdotal stuff of, like, people I know who have gotten the vaccine and my mom's gotten it. And But at the same time, I understand, like, if, if, if the numbers reflect that some alarming number of people are skeptical or hesitant about the COVID vaccine... I personally understand it because if you tell people, yeah, it usually takes 10 years or four years or whatever to come up with one of them, and you come up with this shit in like seven months, I would imagine people would be like, ah, I'm going to wait until the update. 
You know, what I mean? <laughs> like you know, I un- I understand. I understand it. Is is what I'm saying. I I I kind of hate when people are quick to delegitimize people. Like, oh, you're crazy, or oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You know, I hate that. Good sort point. Of shit. We did come up with this shit pretty rapidly. That it should be a reason to be like, hmm, wait a second. Yo, when they come up with a new game console, I'm not getting that shit first. I'm going to let y'all motherfuckers get that shit first so I can hear how it is and then, you know, maybe wait for them to, to come up with the update because it's like, oh, this version of this shit had bugs, so we updated it. You know, whether it's a game console or a cell phone, I'm I'm not just rushing when they when they put out the first version of it. I want to, you know, just for my own personal peace of mind, I want to make sure that it's been, you know, crowd-tested, mother-approved before I go and, and get it. So, again, I'm just saying I understand people having i just understand where that feeling's coming from yeah yeah so half the states in america have seen a decline over the past decade in the take-up rates among kindergarten children of vaccines against diseases such as measles mumps hepatitis b and polio that was before covid in georgia and arkansas the decline was more than six percent uh this is from the cdc we know that a disease that is apparently under control can suddenly return because we've seen it happen in countries like japan australia and sweden Here's an example from Japan. 1974, about 80% of Japanese children were getting whooping cough vaccine. That year, there were only 393 cases of whooping cough in the entire country. Not a single uh, person had a death related to it. Then immunization rates began to drop until only about 10% of children were being vaccinated. In 1979, more than 13,000 people got whooping cough and 41 died. When routine vaccinations were resumed, the disease numbers dropped again. The chances of your child getting a case of measles or chickenpox or whooping cough might be quite low today, but vaccinations are not just for protecting themselves. They are not just for today. They also protect people around you, some of whom might may be unable to get certain vaccines or might have failed to respond to a vaccine or might be susceptible to other for other reasons. And they also protect our children's children and their children by keeping diseases that we feel we've almost defeated from making a comeback. What would happen if we stopped taking vaccinations? We could soon find ourselves battling epidemics for diseases we thought we had conquered decades ago. And so that's like the overarching, you know, uh, moral argument, I think. is that It's not just for you, it's for society, which I think is... is one of the reasons why there may be some, not skepticism, but just like nonchalance about getting the COVID vaccine because you you can still get COVID. You just won't get sick and die from it. You can still pass it to other people. You still have to keep wearing a mask, um, et cetera. And so like people who are young and think that they're invincible anyway are like, why should I get the vaccine? It's not going to kill me anyway. And it's still going to kill my grandma anyway. Like what's the big old deal? And so figuring out how to then argue that effectively, you know, without this, you know, uh, this, this uh, common good um, part of the argument uh, operating as strongly, I think is one of the difficulties that we're facing. So according to a Pew Research poll, only 42% of African Americans say they would take the COVID-19 vaccine. And I think that says multiple sources. 
I think, yes, there's this misinformation, and that's why it's important for us to undertake grassroots educational efforts so that vaccine information is coming from people that we trust, from your neighbor, from your pastor. Mm-hmm. You might see your auntie posting a selfie for her getting the vaccine, and it normalizes the idea for you. And I think that's really important because getting information from the CDC, who the fuck is the CDC? You know, like... <laughs> Who, like, who, who is the Department of Public Health for Northeast Georgia? Like, who, like, what? Who are you? Why do you care? But um, getting information from people who are, you know, like, trusted sources helps it feel like, it helps reinstill that sense of, of common good of, like, we're looking out for you because we love you and we care about you. But I think an underappreciated problem stems from our general relationship as African Americans to privatized healthcare in America. Black people are disproportionately underinsured or uninsured and being underinsured, having insurance, but having exorbitant out-of-pocket costs attached to that may prevent one from utilizing healthcare services. Think about the fact that for African-Americans, the average annual cost for healthcare premiums is about 20% of the average household income. Like if you're spending that much to go see a doctor, even if you have insurance, you might not do it. Like you might then lean on insurance as a backup in a case in case of a health emergency, but shy away from taking preventative steps that you fear might cost you. So even if you have insurance, navigating the complex web of premiums, copays, surprise bills might mean you don't have a strong relationship with a primary care provider or have a primary care provider at all. Mm. So um, folks that are underinsured or uninsured already just have like a weak relationship with our healthcare system such that you know, they're not going to see a doctor and, you know, getting advice from them about whether they're eligible or whether it's smart for them to get it because they have underlying conditions. I don't even know if they have underlying conditions because they're not going to see a doctor, you know? And so, like, the idea, and then that creates, like, a psychological barrier to, like, just going to get the vaccine because you don't regularly go see doctors. Yeah. Is part of the issue. And um, I've argued this with access to the polls. I think the same applies to access to education, to good jobs, and yes, to vaccination. Um, that access, the idea of access is really important to just access to anything. Um, is really important to understand the impacts of vaccination um, willingness as well. Think about people living in neighborhoods underserved by public transportation, or being a person that lacks reliable personal transportation, like a car. Um, think about um, you know that impacts what you know whether you'll fucking get off work at, at, at you know 5 30 yeah. and try to catch the bus to make it to the kroger by six to get your vaccine etc like you said it's just like with voting it's just like with voting it's just like with you know oh why, oh why didn't you go back to you know community college and get your finish your degree or like oh why don't you get a job that pays more all like access like t- is ties is tied to many many issues in our community and it and it's defined in some of the following ways think about also Black people's overrepresentation in office support, food service, and production work industries, jobs with long hours and no paid time off. Are we really expecting these people to lose a day's pay to go get the jab and be laid out in bed because it makes you sick afterwards? Let alone use your time off to scour six websites and call the Department of Health to try and maybe fail to get an appointment in the first place. So access with regards to time, like, you know, you, the, you, whether or not you have the time to, to navigate these, this, uh, you know, these websites, uh, figuring out how to get the bus to the place or where the place is or calling the doctor's office, all these things. How to recover from the aftermath. Right, because you have to work 60 hours a week or whatever, which is disproportionately African-American. And then digital literacy, I think, also plays into this. In my work recently on a grassroots campaign for vaccine outreach, 
We struggled with coming up with material simple enough to reach folks who may be dropped out of high school or who are elders who weren't familiar with the technical terms. And I want to run this by you and just see, like, to show you, like, what problem, like, we ran into. So in addition to, like, navigating a website or whatever, even if we were just trying to explain to people who was eligible at the time, take, for example, the eligibility requirements for Phase 1B of Georgia's vaccine rollout. You'd be eligible if you are, quote-unquote, an essential worker in critical non-healthcare infrastructure sectors, is what the Department of Health told us to tell people. Now, Mac, what the fuck do you think that means? I have no idea. I'm sitting here trying to think about an essential worker in critical infrastructure sectors, non-healthcare related. So, I mean, I would consider the grocery store worker in a critical, right? Would that count? Good question. So even in trying to like get people the information they need to make these informed decisions about their health, like the like Wait, the, that is a very doing us any a, favors by talking in like this these fucking jargon, man. This is a very weird flyer. Yeah, and this is so this is the flyer. So Mag is looking at this flyer that we made to distribute to people at food distribution, like mass food distribution sites and like churches and like going door to door talking to people. This is what the Department of Public Health told us to tell people. I was like, yo, do y'all not know, like, what people, like, just life in these streets? Like, what people, <laughs> like, this is just not, not even for, like, black people, just for regular ass, yeah. point blank, generally. <laughs> Who the fuck knows what this shit means? Is, uh, is, is a bus driver critical infrastructure? Exactly, like, I mean. Teacher is, what is teaching? Is education infrastructure? Like, I don't know, like, okay. So, you see the issue. So, there's, in, there's interweaving aspects of access. Transportation, literacy, wage labor, that that flow into the vaccine debate. I think that it's the fact that 42% of African-Americans say that they're going to take the COVID vaccine. It's not that people have watched too many like wackadoo YouTube videos doing fake research. It's that folks are often too burdened to give a shit. And we got to work on that. I feel you on that. Yeah. Although as we're about to get into in the music discussion section, there are plenty of people that believe fucking crazy shit <laughs> that are probably not helping the matter. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. That was a damn good teaser for that. We're gonna get into that after the jump. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Okay, so in the music discussion today, we are going to be discussing and showcasing some instances where the topic of vaccinations have come up in hip-hop. Off the bat, we want to start with an example of something that's completely current having to deal with COVID. So there is a YouTube channel called Hip Hop Public Health. They have a series of rap videos called Community Immunity, a rap anthology. It's about vaccines. It's like rap songs to promote COVID immunity. And um, here we've, uh, the whole thing was featured on PBS NewsHour. And for one of those, we are going to check out uh, the track by DMC which is part one of the series. It's what are vaccines and why do they work? That's that's literally what the the track is called. Trust me, believe me, we're not going to have another Tuskegee. This ain't eugenics. Uh Uh-uh, no. Okay. Yeah. So, So, um, I mean, like, you know, it's definitely got some after-school special vibes. Yeah, and it's like, I don't even think necessarily it would be like the subject matter alone would make it corny. Like Aesop Rock just dropped a song this week about a frog, a crime fighting frog and it's super adorable and the flow is really dope. And that's the critical thing is that they just well, didn't yeah. get good rappers to do this song. I mean, you know, <laughs> I love DMC, you know, but yeah, you know, it's DMC spitting, you know, some, uh, you know, some 1980s raps. And it's like, sure. I guess it's just like not in today's like, yeah, like lyrical like, aesthetic. It's just, but whenever you you be like making like a rap song where it's like, hey y'all, y'all should do this. It takes a very very particular execution to not have it sound hokey and after school special like, because yeah. that's 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 mainly like the thing that repels me about this. It's just it has. My like main a, thing is it it's, it falls into the I don't I think it's called the white elephant. Not fallacy, but like the like. If someone tells you don't think of an elephant, what do you think of? Exactly. Yeah, you're right. So when they're like, it's it has nothing to do with race. I'm like, oh, someone said it has something to do with race. Hmm. And it like reinforces that idea in people's mind. Like even say, oh, this this ain't no Tuskegee referencing the Tuskegee experiment, um, where they studied the full progression of uh, syphilis in primarily black uh, sharecroppers down in Macon County, Alabama. So they didn't they they didn't tell people they didn't fucking tell these dudes that they were giving them syphilis. They're they're only gonna hear snippets. So I mean, pretty much, you know, it's DMC from Run DMC, and he's just like 
he's just like spitting a bunch of pro vaccination like facts, I guess. You know what I mean? Or, or, or I guess it was it's it's like almost like preempting, you know, the arguments that are yeah, against vaccinations. Dispel myths, but in doing so, it doesn't take any time to talk about why you should get vaccinated. Like the well, argument that like minute, it's yo, just you wanna minute, go back to Chili's? Yo, you wanna hit the skating rink? Yo, you trying to go to the family barbecue? Like get the vaccine. It's just like, hey, it's like scolding you for believing in, in its defense, lies. in its defense, it is just like a minute in twelve second long, like schoolhouse rock sort of. It's even got like an animated cartoon video to it. But again, it, it seems like to me, I'll put it to you this way: it seems like it's for kids, like little kids. And that's kids. fine. If that's and the that's totally target, cool. Yeah, like one hundred percent cool. But it's like this isn't gonna get teenagers or young people to be like who who are otherwise like skeptical about vaccinations it's not going to get them to get on board and to even further illustrate that part if this exact song was made by migos it still wouldn't get them to fuck it yeah i mean it's just it's just hokey like i said it's hokey it's for little kids like no no self-respecting i'm cool teenager is gonna look at this and be like yeah if they had, if they had, a, if they had a video of Migos like in the club, popping bottles. It's like, yeah, we in the club because we all got vaccinated. We don't give a fuck because we can like throw down because we can't get sick now. Kind of think that would work better. But it would have to be like a Migos song. It would have to be like a Migos. Like it, it couldn't be, and it couldn't be them over a trap beat going, "Hey y'all, y'all should get vaccinated." Cause you know what I mean. Like no, no, no. <laughs> burr, burr. Like no, no, no. All right. Um, Which is funny that we just lambasted like the one attempt in our <laughs> list for someone to like educate people about. Hey, I, I mean, I had that fear, but we got to keep it real. The the shit wasn't hot, yo. You know, I mean, it was it was hot if you're in like preschool. Kevin Gates told Rolling Stones in 2016 that he doesn't vaccinate his children. Gates claimed that his son and daughter were growing up in an advanced fashion and accelerated in school. He largely believed this was due to them not getting vaccinated. He stressed that his stance on vaccines didn't come from bearing needles, considering the amount of tattoos he has. Rather, he explained that his children were born at home instead of a hospital. A lot of children that was born in a hospital experienced a lot of difficulty that they didn't have to experience. So again, this casting doubt on traditional West, you know, traditional, you know, Western medicine. Um, if you have, and, and linking, uh, uh, citing causation, correlation is causation. So like, oh, my kids were born at home, so I have a hospital, and, look, and they were vaccinated, look at them growing up. It's like, Kevin Gates, like, you don't think they're fucking growing up accelerated and advanced and shit because, like, y'all living good? Yeah, like, I mean, there's, sure, there's, no, other, there's, no, yeah, other, there's no other reason that no your other kids reason. are doing no. good? No, no. None? It's just totally because they weren't born in a hospital. <laughs> That's it's, it's not because you're Kevin Gates and a millionaire. It's... It's definitely the vaccines. Word. Cool. So Rose to Five Nine on Tricked. Let's listen to it real quick. When at the hospital, they target our children. Say they gonna immunize them, they somehow get autism. So, (laughs) yeah, it's like, it's... I just don't know how else to describe that other than cringe. Uh, Up next, we got Royce again with a track on the same album 
food. Damn, you just <laughs> laid in it. Oh yeah, no this this uh, this was on his uh, last album. This is from his last uh, album that came out early 2020, uh, Allegory, and it's it's crazy because I remember listening to this back in January 2020. You know what I'm saying? And just like a couple of months later, we'd be in the COVID shit. But he was getting he was getting heat on him. You know, well, I mean, by heat, I just mean motherfuckers was complaining on Twitter. You know what I mean? But but people he, he was getting that kind of heat over that line before we were even in the COVID pandemic. But um in the track FUBU, let's let's check that out real quick. Monumented, not even Netflix could document it. My son got autism from injection by syringes. He knows ain't what- So my son does have autism. Um, I just looked it up. Uh, again, like, you know, it's this correlation equating causation, like jumping the gun thing, despite the fact that no research suggests that uh, there's any link between MMR vaccines that are given to children and autism spectrum disorders. But like the same way that like, oh, I, I saw my friends get the COVID vaccine and I saw they got sick and now I'm nervous. Or, oh, I saw them score my child's arm and inject like a blister from a vaccinated person yeah. to like give make sure they don't get smallpox Ugh, i'm a little freaked out like you I've... you search you search for answers to make you feel more comfortable or to like you know explain away things that are, are unfortunate i guess you could say not that i don't think having autism is unfortunate but uh, clearly royce to five nine does let's get on to this last example from nas off everything a parent hates to watch his baby's face taking his first immunization shots, but this is great. The child's introduction to suffering and pain understands without nothing. Nothing is explained or rushed to the brain. Looking up at his parent's face like, I thought you would protect me from the scary place. Why'd you let them inject me? Who's gonna know how these side effects are gonna affect me? And I feel like this is like the most reasoned. Like it's both like narratively, it like paints a very realistic portrait of just like how hard it is to watch your kid get vaccinated yeah. and like the, what the kid's thinking and just like yeah i think it's very like it's like photorealistic in a certain sense i i love this line i i i i think that this is super dope because like you said it's a it's a legitimate nuanced like idea you know what i'm saying it's not just one line or just like an assertion you 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 know you might i could even learn that hey maybe like Nas personally does feel that vaccines lead to autism. Maybe he 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 really believes something like that. But I feel that concern is reflected in this line, but without an assertion of like you said causation and shit. But I don't, yeah, I don't I don't find that I don't find this problematic at all. No, I mean, yeah, I think yeah, it's a realistic like, portrait of just like the struggle without espousing a viewpoint that then can be problematic and influence people to do a certain thing that might actually negatively impact um, somebody or their children. Yeah, and then isn't he kind of technically like rapping a little bit from the perspective of the child? Yeah, which is kind parts of this? Yeah, I mean, not like one of the this... greatest ever do it, so I ain't yeah. no surprise, but yeah. yeah that that, that sounds, sounds, it sounds like that nigga spitting right there. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for us t- today, y'all. Um, everybody have a good week. Be safe out there. I'm Lingo Franco. I'm Dope Knife. We're waiting on reparations. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. 
Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.